oil was ingrained into us like as it was fat. Fat and oil are very similar. And so with that in mind, I think we were kind of fed this idea that a lot of us grew up with, myself included, that we shouldn't have oils in our skin. But oils are the basis of skin. And if you are someone who has oily skin, if you study science, like attracts like. So if you actually put oil on oily skin, you will actually help control your oil production. So you'll look less oily with consistent use. Kat Sadler now. You know, this show should feel like home for you guys. I want you to feel a wee bit better in your own skin. So be here now. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Cat Sadler Now. So happy you are here. Hope you're having a beautiful Tuesday. It sure is a beautiful day. I am excited for you to meet today's guest, Allison McNamara from Mara Beauty. We go way back, you guys. This was a fun conversation to catch up with someone I've known here in Los Angeles for many, many years. Believe it or not, when I was hosting on E! on television every day. Allison was an intern. Shows how old I am and how young she is, but boy, has she blossomed. Her career has taken off. She did a pivot from media to the beauty industry. By the way, what's that like? What kind of courage that requires? And then to build this ever-popular, expanding brand, Mara Beauty, which if you, like me, love their universal face oil, it is a staple in my vanity. You know I love face oils. I don't know why people are scared of face oils. Some people think that's going to make them break out or something, but boy, do you have that wrong. Um, The universal face oil is just super hydrating and luxurious and so good for my skin. I'm a fan, but they just launched body oil as well. So this company has gone from being a single skew to several skews, but Allison herself is pretty much, (laughs) this is her baby. And she's done this over many, many years and even landed in Sephora this year. She's on billboards around LA. So kind of celebrating her growth and the success of her business that she built from the ground up as the scientist in the lab creating the formulations from the business of just googling things on YouTube to figure out how to do it to writing the press releases to telling the brand story she wears all the hats she is such a joy you will learn from her i am certain of that and then of course we get into skin and you know why do i need a vitamin c and what's the point of a retinol and she kind of schools us a little bit on what we need for a face what we might not need and why it's helpful and just lastly allison is a manifester she's a vision board girl she's like me one of those people in the constant exercise of imagining it in the idea state, then believing it, and even feeling it in advance. And wouldn't you know it, even if sometimes it takes several years, she's been seeing the fruits of that particular practice in her life. So, so interesting. I think you will love it. Oh, I wanted to say one more thing. If you missed it last week, I'm sprinkling in some bite-sized, shorter episodes from time to time. So you never know when those might drop. So make sure you're subscribed or following the show wherever you are listening, wherever you get your podcast, then you'll always get a notification. If I've, you know, just dropped a little something into your day, you'll be able to listen. So leave a review. I've gotten so many DMs about recent episodes and I'm so grateful to hear from you guys personally, but it really does go a long way when you leave a review on Apple Podcasts in particular. And one of you were like, well, what do I say in a review? I'm terrible at reviews. And I'm like, just write what you did in the DM. It's perfect. just it can be casual it can be two sentences it can take literally 30 seconds but that would mean a whole lot to me okay here's my conversation with allison mcnamara from mara beauty Allison McNamara from mara beauty i i have been so looking forward to this conversation because 
Although we are perhaps not close and we don't talk all the time, we have been acquaintances forever. We've been in similar circles. Your amazing wife touches my scalp often to get rid of my grays. So I feel like we're always in proximity of one another. And just congratulations because you've built this enormous brand that is being so well-received and celebrated, award-winning. So bravo. It's great to have you. Thank you so much. It's truly an honor to be here. And yes, Cass is the best, by the way. She gets shout outs all the time. It's like, this is, I'm a guest, but Cass is always (laughs) in my presence. (laughs) Well, you both represent one another well. So, so that's awesome. But no, I mean, we should tell everybody and, you know, we, we do go back to our crossing paths at E. Do you even remember like when we would have met or when that would have been? Oh, I remember it like it was the, you know, yesterday I was an intern for the Daily 10. And so I would bring scripts to you sometimes, Sal Masakela. I mean, I think Ben Lyons was on at the, at the time, you know, occasionally. And I was at USC. And so I interned with a few other people. There were a lot of us, but I was an intern there. So I was in college until 2009. So it had to have been before that. Oh my Long gosh. <laughs> That is a lifetime ago. Was I a nice person to deliver scripts to? You were the best. I mean, the whole team was amazing. So much that I came back after Daily 10 and worked in the news bureau uh, for my junior year, I believe. And then, yeah, and then I actually worked at E. I was a, you know, tape librarian. I would like deliver tapes. It was like, you know, before like everything was digitized, you know, I would literally like take tapes around. I think there was like a Valentine's Day premiere that I did from live them from the red carpet. But yeah, it was the best time ever. It made me want to do broadcast journalism. So you were the best. Well, I know. And that's what I kind of want to get into because I think what's so interesting about your story is is the, the pivots you've had, how your dream changed, how the industry has shifted. And I didn't realize that even your family is in the beauty business somehow, some way. So set this up for us. I mean, where did you grow up and how was your your family in the business to start with? So I'm from Palos Verdes, California, which is like a beautiful beach town on the southern tip of Los Angeles. And I'm originally from the East Coast, but really like my my growing up was in PV. And so my family worked, specifically my dad worked in beauty. You know, we moved out here for him to work at a new job. And so I grew up with him working in the beauty space my entire life. And luckily we have a shared passion for this. So when we were younger, we thought he he is the coolest dad, but we loved having a dad who also loved all the things that little girls love. I have a sister. So he loved makeup and hair care and skincare. So it was like the best. And so we were always really encouraged to explore those parts of ourselves, which I think is really interesting. And so, you know, using makeup or using products wasn't something that was shunned in my family from a very early age. And it was also not only encouraged, but talked about. So I think that was really informative for like how my career turned out. My sister also works in beauty too. So it really left a mark on both of us for sure. But I also love performing. And so growing up in LA and going to USC, I thought I wanted to do journalism with broadcast in the political sense. And then I was like, I'm in USC, I'm in Los Angeles. Like, let me intern at E when we met. So, wait, I would love to do entertainment journalism. So that's kind of where that that dream kind of took shape. Okay, so you're you had a bit of that performing bug. Same growing up, yeah. I can relate. And then TV sounded like it would make sense. And then I know things have changed. I mean, we're talking, what, 15, more than 15 years ago now. So the whole landscape has changed. And I know that had kind of part, uh, certainly informed your decision to do the TV hosting, dabble in that world, do the journalism, and then pivot full time to beauty. So what was like the moment where you were like, I got to go all in here because a lot of people have side hustles. A lot of people have passions and interests, but they don't, you know, chuck it all and say, I am diving in. I'm going to commit to this. Well, I committed the day I decided to do it, which was in 2015. But really the catalyst for it is I worked at Pop Sugar for six or seven years, I forget. And then we took a digital show to linear television, which we were so excited for. But really looking back, that was the backward step because no one was going from digital to TV. Everyone was going to digital. So I think, you know, with hindsight, maybe not the smartest move, in my opinion, but something I was really excited for because you had my dream job. You know, Juliana Rancic, you guys all had the dream jobs. 
But looking back, people weren't waiting till 6 p.m. to get their news. They had it already on Instagram, which was really kind of taking shape in 2015, 2016, really kind of gained so much traction. So then I decided like when that show ended, would I want to keep doing YouTube videos forever, which is amazing and great for some people, but that was never really my dream. And so took a step back, had this idea on a trip and still kept working. One thing people don't realize is I kept working my other business, which was everything from work on Instagram to consulting work, to writing work and copywriting up until last year. So my business has been around for five years. I still kept my other business alive and active and really kind of led my lifestyle through that business up until the very start of 2022. Did you have trepidation though? Because you say you got this idea. I, I want to do beauty, but you know, a lot of people, you know, that's that's scary. That's the unknown. There are no no promises of what the outcome could actually look like. I've always been attracted to jobs that have a lot of uncertainty, right? Just kind of how you mentioned, like even getting a job at Pop Sugar as one of the lead hosts on their channels was at the time there weren't that many jobs in that space. And so I think kind of going after things that have been tricky of have never scared me. And so I didn't have those trepidations then. Now, knowing what I know now, oh my gosh, that's why ignorance is so much bliss. I don't know if I would have the guts to do it all over again. Because looking back at how much I didn't know and how much I've learned over the course of this, you know, I'd say more like eight years now since I actually started ideating, I've learned so much. And so I think there's so much with, you know, ignorance is bliss for sure, especially in a Mm. consumer product goods space where you are going against massive companies like an an Estee Lauder, ones that have so much, so much funding to do whatever they want and get their customer. And going through this during COVID was also very instrumental, I think, to our growth, but also, you know, tough for small businesses. So the whole thing has been amazing, but it's been a lot of work. And I don't know if I would necessarily do it again if I had all the knowledge that I know now. <laughs> it's tiring. Work, but also talent. Like, I think about your role and what you've done and what you've built. And I'm like, you you're, you are the many hyphenates. There's no way around it. Like, you are creative. You have to build the brand. You're part scientist. You're part journalist storyteller. I mean, you are all of these things. And then you have to learn how to build an actual business. And, you know, what did you actually go to school for? So I went to school for journalism and political science and a minor in marketing. So, you know, I kind of touched all the things But I've always loved science. Like that's actually what I thought I was going to do. And I love science. I love the science of all of all of this. So that's my favorite part, that and getting to storytell and putting the product together and picking out the name and writing the copy. I still do all of the copywriting, by the way. That's something that I don't think I'll ever give up because it gives each product so much personality. But I think you have to be willing to get your hands dirty to do this. Like if you want to build a business, you can't be afraid to be the person who's you know, doing the PR mailers, going to USPS, doing your own sales tax filing and figuring out what the F that means you know, your first few years. You have to be excited and inquisitive and willing to learn all the things, I think, to be successful in this type of business mm. without funding, I would say, without like major funding. Yeah. How often did you Google something on YouTube to teach yourself how to get Mara off the ground? Oh, every day. I'd be in, you know, I remember when I first was, making my first product, which was universal face oil. I launched with just one product, which people said was crazy. And I could only afford to do it with one product. So that was the only option, and which is a whole other story. But so when I was, I owned my formulas, which I didn't realize was rare at the time. And I had to call around and find a contract manufacturer to make my formula. Then I had, you know, I paid all this money to have the formula, but I had nothing really. And so I remember during that, that call, the guy I was talking to was like, well, I need a BOM and a this using all these acronyms. And I was quickly just like writing down the acronyms and then Googling like, oh, a BOM is a bill of materials. Oh, okay. Like what goes on that? But I was just totally like faking it till I made it. And there were so many conversations I had at the beginning because I also didn't want to seem weak or like I didn't know what I was doing. So I just bullshitted everything. But yes, I Googled, I still Google so many things, but Googled everything in the beginning. No, it's just fascinating to me. I mean, it's so interesting because I'm I'm sending my youngest son to college next week, literally. And I was talking with my brother, who's like an independent filmmaker, and he's helped helps me with my studio and all this stuff. And he's just like, 
I just, I, I YouTube it. I'm like, you can literally learn like all, you can go to school essentially on YouTube today to learn everything if it's really, really what you want to do. That's why I'm second guessing the amount of money that I'm spending on my son's education to go to a four-year university. Cause I'm just like, it's amazing. You know, to your point, you're just like, if you have to bullshit it for a while, if you have to fake it till you make it. I mean, it really is true that there are resources available to everyone sitting here listening today. If you want it bad enough, you can self-teach to build your dreams. It's wild. Definitely. But a four year is also still so amazing for connection and for the relationships you make there, which I think is vital. But I agree that like, I didn't go to school for entrepreneurship. So many of my beauty founder friends, a lot of them did come from big box beauty, but also a lot of them had a similar trajectory to me where they had an entirely different career path before. So really, you just have to have that desire and that willingness to learn the new thing, as shitty as the new thing potentially is, you know? Completely, completely. But you you were savvy enough to recognize, as you mentioned, maybe something unique and different in the beauty space at the time, which was, I'm going to do the single skew here. I'm going to create this one beautiful product, this effective product, this clean product, and it's going to stand on its own. Now today, cut to today, and you know, that's how a lot of businesses are rolling out or a lot of beauty brands are rolling out there. You know, it's one drop and one skew and wait till the next one, but you were really a pioneer in that sense. Mm So, you know, how did that come to you and, and what did you come up against? I'm sure a lot of people who thought that was crazy. Yeah. So for that, I, well, one, I told you earlier, I couldn't really afford to do a multi-line launch because it does cost a ton of money. Mara is entirely self-funded. We haven't taken on any sort of um, secondary investment at all, which at some point we will. But at the time I launched it and I had to choose which product to launch. And this was in 2018 when it was in the midst of the Korean skincare 20 step craze. Right. And I've always believed that less is more for everything skin, clothing, makeup. So I kind of had this positioning where it's like, why are we using 17 different products when we could have one amazing go to in every category, you know, an amazing retinol, an amazing vitamin C, not 17 different ingredients, products that have similar ingredients. And so that was kind of the idea for launching the single skew. And it was also during the rage of the millennial pink era, which nothing wrong with that, but everything was like that light shade of like pink and everything from like Glossier. I remember Saturday skin. There were so many brands that had pink and I just wanted something that felt more timeless and unisex. So I was inspired by a lot of old, like vintage Tom Ford. And this was at the kind of beginning of the clean era. So there weren't that many brands that were inherently clean. I think the one I can really think of was Tata Harper in like the more premium prestige space. And so, and her still felt very green to me because it was literally green, like her packaging is green. So I wanted something that felt a little bit more kind of like a, a traditional heritage brand that was clean and had all these amazing attributes and was minimal. So that was really the positioning. I did feel like there was a white space for that. And then also had this algae positioning with the name Mara as the last four letters of my last name means C in Gaelic. That's where my storytelling comes in and kind of had the bottles to look its way. So at the time, I did feel like it was really innovative. And I still think our products are super innovative as we launch them today. But I do think the challenges of that were people didn't want to launch a single SKU brand. You know, when I would go out to retailers, they would say, like, how are you going to stand out on a shelf if you only have one product? Like, come to us when you have a few more. And so I was really lucky that after launching in March or February of 2018, by May, we were in stores with Credo Beauty, which is an incredible clean retailer. They were the first ones who really believed in the brand and they helped gain so much visibility for us back then. And the rest is history. So the rest is history. (laughs) This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. You know, you may have heard me speaking on my last episode about some more trying times, more difficult times in my past when I was down and out. I was in a bad relationship. I'd been going through a breakup. And if you were listening, you heard me say how therapy was essential to my healing and my recovery. You know, maybe like you, I was in a difficult time. I didn't see a way out. I was unclear on my path forward. And that that's so human. 
but it was therapy and speaking with a professional consistently that really aided in, you know, getting me through that difficult time, learning to set boundaries, you know, saying no, discovering my worth again, getting permission to invite in a better life and the best version of myself. You know I am a believer in therapy. I've talked about this many times. I believe in the benefits. So guys, if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient. It's very flexible with your schedule. All you got to do is fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and you know what? Switch therapists anytime you want to for no additional charge. Let therapy be your map with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash cat today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash cat. Talk to me about oil, though, because even an oil, now see, anybody who listens to me gab all the time on this show and anytime I ever talk about beauty and just from my own positioning in the business, I have just been such a fortunate recipient of tons of products and, of course, worked with some of the best makeup artists and all of this stuff. So just through circumstantial reasons, I have been in proximity of really, really fun skincare, and I've tried just about everything, but I have always sweared by, I've always sweared, I've always swore, come on, cat, come <laughs> up with your grammar here, sworn by an oil. Like, I love an oil because my face is inherently really, really dry, but I, I remember receiving the universal face oil, like right at the beginning and like loving it and really enjoying it. And I just tried your cleansing oil last night as I went oh, to bed, taking off my makeup, which I rare, rarely ever wear anymore. And it was just, just brilliant. And it's, it's so, so good. You don't need me to tell you that, but not everybody is so keen to an oil, which surprises me because I mix it with my foundation. I just feel so like quenched and hydrated with your oil in particular, but how can you explain the product and how it truly is for all skin types, all ages and why everybody could use an oil? It's not, it's not just for aging women. It's not just for dry women. It's for mostly all skin types, at least yours is. Well, it depends on the type of oil. And by the way, thank you. That was very, very sweet of you to say the cleansing oil, one of my favorites, the universal oil. It's like, it's got to be like my top two favorite products because it's like the firstborn. Yeah. But yes, everyone can use an oil and it really depends on the type of oils that are inside the formula. So we chose ones that were non-comedogenetic, which means non-pore clogging. Wanted to use ones that really sank into the skin nicely, didn't leave a greasy finish. And then not in the universal face oil specifically, but in the retinol oil and the vitamin C, chose amazing actives that really are great for improving the look of acne or fine lines, wrinkles, blemishes, all the things that we kind of have those issues with with our skin. So adding in specific actives like retinol or vitamin C to really enhance those formulas. And the thing with oil, I hate to say this, but like we were kind of duped. It's kind of like the sugar-free, you know, everything was like calorie packs and oil-free and fat-free, but it was like full of sugar, right? For food. And so I felt yeah. like the same was advertised to us for skin in the 90s and 2000s. It was like oil-free face wash, oil-free makeup, oil-free this. Yeah. And I hate to break it to you, but yeah, like oil was ingrained into us like as it was fat. Fat and oil are very similar. And so with that in mind, I think we were kind of fed this idea that a lot of us grew up with, myself included, that we shouldn't have oils in our skin, but oils are the basis of skin. And if you are someone who has oily skin, if you study science, like attracts like. So if you actually put oil on oily skin, you will actually help control your oil production. So you'll look less oily with consistent use. So beyond there being so many amazing different types of oils and having incredible benefits, like Moringa is one of our key oils that we use, or Squalane, both are incredible for skin. I just feel like everyone needs to give it a chance. And if you are scared about it, just incorporate it slowly, you know, like yeah. use it, you know, with a cream, with your foundation and then kind of go from there. 
where are you in the lab, like creating all this? Is it local? Like, are you, how often do you have to do that? You're, I know like all of your, now you have how many SKUs? How many SKUs? Eight. Eight Still small. Yeah, still small. Like, think about it. For five years, we launched one to two a year. So we're very, very specific with what we launch. But yes, eight is a lot more than one. So Right. But I also know that because of your commitment to getting it right, you'll have how many iterations of one product before you actually launch it, right? How many prototypes? How many trials? How many like, that's, that's so commendable. Yeah, it depends on the formula. Like the cleansing oil was the hardest product besides our sunscreen to formulate. And I think we did like 18 revisions of that product. We do formulate locally for almost all the products, which is here in Los Angeles. But I work with an independent team of cosmetic chemists. So I don't work with just, I have one person who has worked on a lot of the Mara formulas. The original five formulas were all formulated by the same person. And then we've since worked with a few other people on different formulas. But the big thing for us is having full ownership of the formula because I'm so heavy handed in the ingredients that we use. So I'll come with like an entire product profile of not just the look and feel and what I want it to do, but also ingredients that I've researched personally. I meet with raw material suppliers every quarter from you know all the, the best different suppliers around the world to make sure that they meet our sustainability claims and our practices with, you know, fair trade and, you know, no child labor and making sure that they're really doing it, you know, eco-friendly or, you know, sustainably sourced. There's so many things that people claim that if you don't own the formula, you never know the supplier and you never know if they're actually doing that. So for our own peace of mind and due diligence, we do that. So it does take a very long time. And I love that part of the process. And I'm working on four new products right now. I do them kind of at this time and I'll work on them all for around the same time and then they'll be ready. But then I don't, I don't launch them at the same time. So I had formulated universal face oil, the retinol oil, the cleanser and the vitamin C and the mask all at the same time. I started those in 2016. Oh my gosh. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> Took a long time. Like the, they, some of them weren't even ready. The mask was really hard too. That one we didn't even finish to like, we launched that one in 2021 and we finished it like the year before. So wow. it took a long time. I'm also only one person too, so and and very picky. So it does take a minute. When you say <laughs> you're only one person, what do you mean by that? Well, I think like I don't go really wide with how I let people test my products at the beginning. So we're in the formulation phase. I like to keep it very, very hush-hush, not even my team. So I take a lot of time with how I kind of review each submission. Whoa, love that. Not even Cass yeah. gets to try it or does she get a little? No, no, <laughs> no chance. Plus I can barely get her to use skincare products. Are you kidding me? I'm like, she'll be like, oh yeah, I need a vitamin C. I'm like, you still have the full one that I gave you over a year ago. Like, do you even wash your face? What are you doing? She's crazy. Uh, talk to me about Sephora and vision boarding for a second, because congratulations. I know that was Thank a you. huge, huge dream of yours. And now Mara Beauty is in Sephora, on Sephora, on the shelves. But I understand that, you know, you have vision boarded over this and you have visualized and wanted to kind of summon and manifest this type of success into your life. So what did that look like and how does it feel now? Well, it feels amazing. It's still like a lot of work though. The work is like really hard to get into Sephora, but then the real work starts once you're in Sephora, right? Because you not only have to meet the demands of the stores and the training, but also the marketing and the sampling. It's a lot and it's really exciting and I'm grateful to be in the position, but learning so much. I thought I like had learned a lot of the lessons of building a skincare brand, but I learned this year they are just getting started. And yes, I had visualized Sephora really when I built the brand, actually. I would go into Sephora's in 2015, 2016 and think about like how it would look on the shelf. And I actually brought the blue bottles that we use for universal face oil. I had a prototype without the deco on it. I brought, I put it on the shelf to like see how it would look like lit up. And I did get yelled at by the way. It's like, what are you doing? I'm like, oh, I'm just like, you know, looking at this like random bottle, like on the shelf, like brush it off. But definitely like use that kind of like manifestation and visualization over the years and just believe that I, you know, I felt like that was the right home. I think when you're building a brand, there's there's a space for everyone, whether it's an amazing D2C brand or it's an Ulta brand or it's a Sephora brand. I think there's really a home for everyone. You just kind of have to make sure you're in line with 
the right home. And I really felt like Sephora was that for us. And so kept it, you know, in the back of my, you know, back of my mind all the time when I was doing visualizations for the brand. And I love doing quarterly and every six month check-ins. And then I do like, I, I, I don't, I didn't do it last year, but I should do it just because I, I still like love doing it is like getting the magazines together and cutting things out. There's just a lot less magazines to do the whole like visual magazine boarding. It's a lot harder. I did it more on like on my own digitally, but yeah, it's been great. It's been an amazing experience. It's so funny you mentioned that because I've been collecting quote unquote magazines and catalogs to do my own vision board for ever. And it's one of those things where I'm like, I've got to do the vision board. I've got to do a new one. So much so that I just moved and I was unpacking and I had this box of, of magazines that I, I'm literally hoarding around with me in, with the intention of actually creating a new vision board. But it's, it's, you're right. Like I don't, I need to do a digital one because it's almost like that's going to be not even be a thing here soon. Yeah. I was like, is this bad luck that I didn't do it this past year? But really, like magazines are so small, which is so sad. But magazines are tiny. Like you used to be able to buy like four or five magazines and like do your whole vision board in a night with some wine with your friends. And now like it is not the same. So I did not do it physically this year, but I did do it mentally. And I I do believe in, I forget the name of this. I learned this from my friend, Sis Hader. I don't know if you know her. She's amazing. She's like a wellness guru. She's got a brand called Array Bloat Capsules. And she does this, like, basically you write in the tense of it already happening. So, like, you know, for example, you can say, like, you know, Mara's at Sephora. We're doing X in sales. We have these types of products on the shelf. We just ha- we were just featured by this influencer. Like, you do it in present tense. There's a very nice name for it that I can't remember right now, but I do that often. And I do that often when I want to get to places where I'm close to, but I'm not quite at. So I do that, like, at least every month. And I think that is super helpful because it puts you in the vibrational alignment with what you're trying to achieve. I am such a believer, Allison. You are speaking my language. I've been talking about it on the show so much in recent months. Like I'm reading Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself. I don't know if you know that book by Joe Dispenza, but it's very much about exactly what you're speaking to. And that's why I kind of asked you about it because I think with real intentionality and then believing it. And like you're saying, saying as if it's already happened and then feeling how good that feels when you write it and think it, it's, it, there is some type of neuroscience research that actually dictates it's possible. And not only is it possible, it's very, very real. Not everyone subscribes to that, I don't think, but I definitely do. And you are sitting here living proof that it works because you are one of those people doing that. And look at you now, girl, you're in Sephora. You're also now on billboards around LA, maybe New York. So like, was that on your visualization board? Yeah, that's been a big one. The billboards has been a big goal because I feel like billboards, at least in LA, it's kind of like the stamp of approval that you made it because they're expensive. They're an investment. They get a lot of eyes. We have incredible um, locations. So like Fairfax and Santa Monica, Larchmont and Melrose. And so that was something I really wanted to do. And yes, of course, that was on my vision board. And one I can't share just yet, but there's been something that has been on my vision board in addition to Sephora, since I launched the brand that just happened, that I just found out about. I can't say what it is just yet, but sometimes those things do take a long time though. So if you're listening to this and you're like, oh, well, I have been writing about it and thinking about it for a while, like it can take years, like five years, 10 years. Like you don't know when, when you're aligned with that vibration, but kind of putting yourself in the mindset of it is the start. Yeah. Really believing it and feeling it. You said feeling it. I think that's the bigger bigger thing to is feeling it. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It's like the more you feel a good feeling, the more you attract more of those feelings, which ultimately means that you, the results are, are exactly what you desire. So it's like this beautiful cyclical thing that's going on. I'm, I'm preaching all about that uh, most days now. Is there anything you do daily? Because you said you mentioned you'd kind of do those quarterly or every six months you do a reflection. What practices do you do every day if there are any? I do a few every day. So I love like the five minute journal because I think that's it's a gratitude journal. It's super easy. I know it's been around for a while now, but it's consistently the one I go back to because I feel like when I don't do it and then I don't do it for a while because, you know, habits are patterns. You know, you don't do it one day, then you don't do it the next day. And I do feel like I don't hit my goals as quickly because it's not keeping me as accountable for the things I want to be working on. So I've been back Mm -hmm. into that and I've been doing that for years. I've been doing that since like at least 2018. The other one, which is new for me, but I'm obsessed with it right now, is I'm really into frequencies. 
and I'm looking at my phone. So I want to make sure I give you the right frequency. So I've had a lot of like, this year's been a crazy year. And while there's been so much good, there's also been some other crazy things that have happened. So I wanted to like tap into Hertz energy, which is like vibrational frequencies with sound. So I've been doing this thing where I listen to 432 Hertz when I go to sleep. And it's a positive, it's like the the frequency of alignment with positive vibrations. And it's great for like manifesting. And it's crazy. I do that with like some light manifestation as I go to sleep and I fall asleep to it. So I wake up with it still playing. I do that with like some deep brown noise. I think it's a game changer because it like elevates your whole frequency, your dreams. I also really, I had really crazy nightmares all the time and it's really helped kind of subdue that. So I do think there is something to just frequency in general, Hertz frequency. Thank you for sharing that. I I have heard of that, but I don't practice it and I don't know a ton about it. So we're going to deep dive. Thank you. That's a really, really great tip. I'm a believer again. There's just so much. There's a lot to do and there are only so many hours in the day, but you're right. Even in the background, if some of this stuff is going on, you're subconsciously getting the benefits. So that is so cool. I want to talk about just even your marketing choices because in today's society, you know, when we're all scrolling and, you know, we're getting all of this information and all of these ads and we see so many businesses. And of course, those of us that love beauty are, you know, being inundated with different brands all the time. Your strategy in regards to placing Mara out there in the world, I know we just talked about the fact you have billboards, but is it, influencer space? Is it, you know, what? And and how did you get to your plan? Because I know that the celebrities and public figures are responding well and loving Mara, like Chris Teigen and Hailey Bieber, but, but how you got that type of notoriety is a different thing. So how did that work? Well, I think when you don't have a huge amount of money to work with when you launch a brand, you get really scrappy and creative. And I think there's some beauty in that because you aren't able to, you know, pay the biggest influencers to talk about your brand or you don't have, you know, a hundred grand a month to dump into, you know, ads and then risk not getting a return with an iOS update. So I think because of the nature of how I built my business, we've always been really cognizant of how we market the products and where we spend our money. So with that being said, you know, my wife we've talked about is a hairdresser, amazing hair colorist. And so between her and I, we had a lot of connections in beauty. You know, I had interviewed so many people backstage at Fashion Week. I covered Fashion Week for 10 seasons or 10 years, so 20 seasons. So kind of pulled the backstage makeup artists, the people I interviewed, the amazing influencers that were on my shows at Pop Sugar, and really just sent out a gifting to people. You were included. Uh, when I launched Universal Face Oil. And so, you know, I got into a lot of makeup artist hands and hairdresser hands. And you know what? I've learned people really trust their glam squads. They trust their recommendations. So before everyone was gifting glam, we were gifting, you know, some of the biggest makeup artists and, you know, hair colorists and hairdressers in the world. And they were telling their clients how much they loved Mara. And so I think that's where a lot of the brand loyalty came from. And I think there's so much beauty in word of mouth a lot of those celebrities that you mentioned have purchased it themselves. And then we see it and we're like, please let us send you whatever you want. And they're like, no, we want to like, we want to buy it. So that's, that's also amazing too. So that's kind of how the early seeds started. And then now with marketing, we do have a little bit more flexibility in our budget, but we still keep our, our marketing so tight with like, we're not one of those brands that's super heavy on Facebook and Instagram ads. And we don't do a ton of paid content in that space just because we want to keep that that specialness of it. We love when a mom tells their sister or their daughter about it and that kind of keeping that that going as long as we mm-hmm. can. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if you know, but I just had a facelift. <laughs> Let me just pivot there real quick. You look amazing, by the way. <laughs> okay. and you did not need one, but you look so good. Well, thanks. That was just me doing a hard pivot there, a little segue. But but it's interesting now that I thank you, I really love my decision and I love, you know, the results, but that doesn't mean I don't have to still take, stop taking care of my skin. I mean, my skin is a whole different, you know, beast and the texture of my skin and still wanting glow and radiance and all those things. I can't suddenly have a shitty diet and drink wine all the time just because I have a facelift. So I'm thinking about, you know, taking care, continuing to take really, really good care of my skin. So I'm just curious what you're even, 
personal skin care philosophy is, you know, whether or not people have Mara in their, in their vanity, but like what works, what do you believe brings us our absolutely most beautiful skin? Well, your skin looks incredible. So whatever you're doing, keep it up. But for me, I am almost 37. I've been using retinol since I was 13. I know that seems very young, but I had a really big scar on my face. I also then got prescribed Retin-A Micro. I feel like a lot of doctors loved prescribing things. They also love prescribing birth control for mild, mild hormonal acne. So I probably didn't need it at the time. But all that to say is I've been using retinol for, you know, 22 years at this point, 25 years. So I think that has really helped with my skin over, over the course of, of time. I do think sunscreen, which is so simple, but I don't go in the sun. I drink a lot of water. I eat really healthy foods. But retinol for me, I think, has been the most texturally important one to keep it like a nice, clean, smooth surface. I think vitamin C, if you are someone who, who dabbled with sun a lot, vitamin C is really important to, do, to use every single morning on clean skin. And then I think kind of just keeping your skin super hydrated. I think that's why the Mara products work so well is that we give you heavy actives, but we're also hydrating your skin barrier with the oil at the same time. So you can use our 1.2% retinol, but you also get all this moisture and hydration. So you don't have to worry about it breaking down or you know peeling, which actually is really bad for our skin. You never want to get to that point where your skin's peeling. So to me, it's just having those, you know, those kind of tried and true actives, a good retinol, a good vitamin C, a great AHA, like the lactic acid is, is my preference. And then washing your face and using sunscreen, like keeping it super simple. Mm. What is retinol? Because, you know, I, 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 I gravitate to it. I, it's like, I think I know that that's going to work and that's going to, you know, be so good for my skin and it's going to be powerful and effective. But I, what, what is it actually? Yes, it is synthesized vitamin A. So some of them have plant origins. Some are just totally synthesized within a lab, which is just basically saying it's not coming from an animal. It's also not coming from any one vegetable source or plant source, but it's truly synthesized and made in a lab. And vitamin A is amazing for cell turnover. When used at prescription strengths, like ones you'd get from your dermatologist, you can see really amazing results because it goes deeper into the dermis or the epidermis, I should say. And then with the ones that are retinol, which is what we use, there's different derivatives, but ours is really, it is strong. It's strong. It's like what you'd get in a doctor's brand, but it's not a derivative. So a derivative would be like Bacuchiol or one of those that's not synthesized vitamin A. But it's complicated and I still get confused and there's always like oh. a new format and form and, and whatever, but I love it. I think it's the most amazing thing for skin. How, do you use retinol consistently? No, and I should be. And I, I throw it in, like I said, I, I mix it in and I kind of rotate it in when I, I'm like, ooh, I need to do something a little little bit more punchy for my face. I'll throw it in there. But I honestly don't know why I'm doing it. So that was helpful. <laughs> no, it's and for fine lines, wrinkles. I mean, the, yeah. the before and afters on Sephora.com of our retinol oil are amazing just for the wrinkles alone. But try a prescription too. Go to your dermatologist and see what they say about getting a prescription because I use point... Is it 0.05? I think it's 0.05 tretinoin is what I use too as well. So I have a prescription that I love, ride or die. Okay, ride or die. <laughs> the vitamin C, which you were speaking to, really interests me because the question I get asked a lot about my own skin, or I should say my biggest regret ever, is my, my exposure to the sun and the sun damage and the tanning beds and my little small town that I went to forever when I was a teenager. I don't know how my mom let me do that, but she did. And now I'm forever trying to reverse the, the effects of the sun. And even like my chest is where I can really see my aging and my sunspots and whatever. So now I'm thinking, you have a vitamin C product. Should I be putting that on my chest? Would it work? Yes. And I put it on my hands too. Like I put it here because I have, you know, from driving, I'd say like my hands get the most exposure and my chest too. I like drench it. I'll send it to you. You'll love it. I put it all over my hands and my chest. And you can do that daily with that? Yeah. Every day I do that. And then what I think works really well for sun damage on the chest and the hands is lactic acid. So in the evenings, I usually put the retinol to like here and then if it's not a lactic acid night, because I don't like to use the two together, I'll put the lactic acid just like from here to here and then here. 
Woo! Yeah. Okay, we got tips, yeah. people. We got tips. Who doesn't, <laughs> who doesn't need them and want them? And then sometimes, you know, it, it can be for people who aren't completely versed in all this. It can be overwhelming to know what to use. And, you know, it's, there's, it's a lot. So that's super, super helpful. Okay, I want to ask you a little bit of a rapid fire, fun, little gameage kind of thing, some of which has nothing to do with skincare. Okay, if you were to write a best-selling how-to book, what would the title be? How to what? Lose your mind. It's <laughs> <laughs> probably the good. only thing I'm good at. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Okay. A dream celebrity or influencer you would want to organically see using Mara products. Angelina Jolie. Mm. Most embarrassing product in your own vanity that you do sometimes go to. Most embarrassing. I don't think I have any. I'm proud of all the products I use, but I'm trying to think most embarrassing. That one's tough because they're all really good brands. Maybe something like I probably have like a Britney Spears perfume somewhere around. <laughs> that, you know, I, I'm not sure it gets a lot of use, but I definitely have one. Okay. You've held on to that one, man. It's probably been uh, it's a relic. Yeah, it's a relic. Chat GPT, scared AF or leaning in? You know what? At this point, let's lean in. It helped me book my trip to Japan. So we're hoping that it, it, it sends, it's sending us into the right spots. Yeah, my best friend is really into ChatGBT. She's a publicist. And she's like, let's like have it help us book our trip to Japan. So we did. No way. I didn't know you could do that. Me either. It is beyond my pay grade. It's too complicated. But you know, I'm not that techie, as I said earlier. So I'm scared. I, it's a little bit of both, isn't it? It is. But I but yeah. I appreciate the leaning in because I think we might not have a choice here soon. So might as well. Yeah. Threads. Are you on and do we care? Threads, no. I'm on it. Yes, I don't care. I mean, I'm just <laughs> like, I can't. I'm on it, yes. But I just, I was never really into Twitter either. So I think if you have the Twitter mindset, you're loving threads. But Twitter never spoke to me. So I'm more visual than than threads. Mm. Why do redheads have more fun? Oh, because we're just, we're fiery. I don't know. <laughs> Mine's not natural. So Cass does a great job. This is all fake. It's never been natural? No, it's never it's been natural. natural. Are you a brunette? Yeah, it looks like, yeah, I'm brunette. You can see, look at that. You can see it here. Yeah. Wow, you wear it well. Thank you. Yeah, and Cass does a great job. But you know, it's, it is not my natural hair color. Believe it never or not. Never would have known. Never would have known yeah. that. Okay, what's the podcast you listen to the very most? Great question. Huberman Lab. Mm, that one. Good. Yeah. I, I had a I had a Huberman sighting here in Malibu not recent or not that long ago. I was like, ooh, that's him. There he is. Pretty cool. Yeah. Such a good so podcast. Cool. Currently binging what show? Oh my God, this one's embarrassing. But you know what? This summer I turned pretty. I didn't even know this one. What is it? Where do we find it? Oh my God. It's on like Hulu. Taylor Swift is like, she did the, her music's in the, the what do you call it? The teaser for it. It's uh -huh. on the second season and it's really, it's like a teen show, but it's <laughs> that and the new Real Housewives with Jenna Lyon. Okay. IG or TikTok and why? If you had to pick. TikTok, like no, no questions. I love it. My attention span is super short. I've learned like how to clean, you know, something in my dishwasher, like that weird thing that I didn't even know you were supposed to take out of a dishwasher to clean it. Or like, I've just learned the craziest stuff. Like I made McDonald's tacos the other day. Like I just love TikTok. That's okay. You got, you were kind of convincing me. I don't know why TikTok for me, like I top on and it's like this never ending, like tunnel of like, I just, I don't know. It's a lot for me to, to metabolize. So then I just find myself jumping off. I, I think maybe I'm taking it too seriously. I need to just like wing it more with TikTok. Give it a chance. But also like if you want to keep your life the way it is, maybe don't give it a chance because I could easily lose an hour or two at night. It's awful. But I learn a lot. So I do feel like okay. I'm learning more than I do on Instagram, which is what I do like about it. And how are the McDonald's tacos? So good. I can't cook. But it was the one time where Cass was like, oh, my God, like, you're allowed to make these again. Like that. They were, they were so good. So good. But wait, McDonald's doesn't have tacos. I know. So it's this viral <laughs> thing where you take a patty. You may, I made like an Air One version, too. I made them super healthy. But you take 
you know, ground beef and you spread them on a taco and then you make like a pseudo McDonald's sauce and then you put them on a pan, you cook them, you put the McDonald's sauce on like some cheese, like pickles, just how they do it. And it tastes so good. Oh my gosh. Okay. Definitely doing that as soon as we're finished here. In office skin treatment that you're dying to try. Ooh, I have done it years ago, but I didn't give it a fair shot. I'd like to do Morpheus 8 again. Mm-hmm. Did it kill so yeah. bad? It was the most painful thing ever. So you swore it off like me? I think that's what happened. Like I was a lot younger and I don't think I really, I mean, I think everyone can benefit. Don't get me wrong. And I do microneedling, but I do remember being very painful. I do remember not feeling like I saw enough results so not wanting to do it again. But I feel like I'm ready and I'd like to do it in like this area, you know, the neck area. So I would do that. That's probably the one I want to try the most. Yeah. Did you know that a lot of people are doing Morpheus all over their bodies? I've heard this like on the backs of the arms and like on the butt and on their stomach. I know I had somebody who I can't say their name tell me the other day that they're like, oh yeah, I do my whole body. I was like, what? Ow. Ow and expensive, but (laughs) yeah. Yeah, I know. For the course. To each their own. Okay. Lastly, because it sure is a beautiful day, three things that you would need to have or experience to make it a beautiful day, Allison. Three things. I think people that I love around me would be number one. I think a gorgeous weather is, you know, definitely appreciated and nature. Mm. Yay. I love that. <laughs> I'm like, what else did I need? And a good book if we're making it four, because I love okay. reading. So Okay. Yeah. I love all of that. I love that. And I've loved this conversation. I have too. This has been so much fun. Thank you for having me. This is like a full circle moment to be back here with you and in your new studio. So I'm an honor that you had me and I'll have to eat some of that vitamin C so you can try it out. That yeah. one's like You guys, thank you so much for hanging out with me on Cat Sadler Now. Don't forget to rate and review the show and make sure you're subscribed or following so you never miss an episode. It sure is a beautiful day. I'll see you next time. the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.